5 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between. This is the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. Here we go. It's another edition of the 5050 podcast powered by our proud partners, College Promoters USA. They are America's premier college prep program and high school student athlete marketing service since 1997. Located locally here in the San Antonio area, you can find them in the Ventura Plaza Shopping Center, but you can also find them on social media on Twitter at SATX Recruiting, as well as on Instagram at College Promoters USA. And you can also get more information on the many awesome things they're doing on their website at collegepromotersusa.com. My next guest, he is joining us here for episode 75. He is the new head men's soccer coach of Howard Payne University, Brandon McGivney. Brandon, coach, how are you? Oh, it's good. Just here on the road in Austin at the Sting Austin Showcase. So already hitting the recruiting trail a little bit, um, but uh super grateful that you have the the time to spend with me here and um again thank you for having me awesome he's already on the job look at that so uh so tell us uh how's it going uh how's it going up in austin oh yeah the weather's beautiful here right now in texas nice and rainy mid 50s yeah um perfect soccer weather uh, but no, it, it's enjoyable just to be on the road to to get to do the, what we love and spread the word on Howard Payne and um, seeing some familiar faces who are a little bit in shock at the moment uh, or or had already kind of had an idea of what was happening. And so um, good to see familiar faces and get to see some of these kids that we're after as well. Any uh, anything stand out to you so far on that uh, at this uh, at this ID camp number size, what you expected, larger than expected, smaller than expected or just the uh, the the percentage or the quality that's out there? Anything? Yeah, the so Sting Austin for the men's side is um, it's smaller than the female side. So Sting, from my understanding, is typically based out of Nebraska in and out of Dallas. And so this, the Austin chapter is is one that's um more of the female side and so now that i'm coming from female to males um we were already planning on being at this one so uh decided to to still come in and take part of the austin showcase right so how does that sound by the way just in the introduction there the new you know kind of like to do that like new heavyweight champion right like to try to put that emphasis on it on new how does that sound to you new head men's soccer coach at howard Payne university yeah, it's um, it's still a bit of a shell shock at times, um, and I'll get a little bit more into my history with Howard Payne. But um, you know, being a player there as well uh, as part of the men's program, and now being um, the the head coach for the program, it's a it's a very surreal feeling, and I'm extremely 
humbled and, and blessed for the opportunity that uh, the administration is giving me. And um, yeah, it's definitely uh, something I, I had a, uh, a former teammate of mine talk to me about it um, as I'm, I'm talking with alumni. He said, well, welcome home. And that one just like immediately in my heart, just like gave me that that warm feeling. So it's it's definitely been awesome so far to to re rekindle relationships and and see a lot of the support staff that has been there. Um, but, yeah, definitely a surreal feeling so far. You know, I, I always love to ask this to coaches, right? New coaches, they've just stepped in into a uh, new job. When did you have that moment? And obviously, as you mentioned, we'll get into this more later, but as far as you returning, but <clears throat> excuse me, have you had, did you have the moment? Did you recall the moment where it like really hit you? Like, like I'm back, not only am I back home, but it's like, I'm, I'm the guy now. I'm the head, head guy in charge, right? Did you have that moment? Maybe when you answered the phone, you gave the business card to somebody, you spoke with a a recruit somehow or a parent have you have you had that moment really where it's like oh my god like this is real like it hit hit you right then and there uh so really it was that same moment where where i was actually at the office uh for the first day um uh, just getting in there to kind of take a look at what uh what i wanted to do with it if i wanted to rearrange or kind of settle myself in a little bit and then after the day was over um one of my former teammates is is on the women's staff um and so we were talking and uh he's the one that told me he's like well welcome home and it wasn't it wasn't me re-entering the building it wasn't uh you know seeing the field for the for the first time in a while it was it was him just saying welcome home um and that's that's a that's a word that really struck me internally is home and that's that's really what brownwood is and howard Payne is for me right now it, it's home great stuff so for and we've alluded to it a little bit already but for maybe some of our listeners that may not know in terms of howard Payne, may not know you where you've been just briefly, Coach, you don't have to give us the whole bio, but just maybe give us a synopsis of where you've been and how you got to uh, Howard Payne. Yeah. Um, so there's there's a little bit of a two-parter there with how I got to Howard Payne. And so uh, my, my journey there as a player uh, was very interesting um, in the sense that I didn't know where or what Howard Payne was until my grandmother um, actually reached out to me uh, as I was looking for my next step after high school, um, which I grew up in the central Texas area, I went to Belton High School, which is about an hour north uh, um, from Austin. Um, we were a very prolific program within our district and within our region, right. um, super competitive um, and great pedigree, great, great, played under a great coach as well in Chizo Mosnia. Um, but my grandmother actually went to Howard Payne and then my aunt and uncle also went to Howard Payne, my, my other family members as well. And so this is something I didn't know that was just like a family heritage type of thing. And so this is about spring break as guys do, they love to wait to make decisions on where they're going to go because right. you know, they're not thinking about the future. They're thinking about the now. Um, and I was definitely one of those guys. And so, uh, she said, well, let me take you to Howard Payne on a visit. And um, 
and she took me and uh, immediately, as soon as I walked on campus and had my visit, I fell in love with the community, fell in love with the, the staff that I interacted with, with the professors that I got to interact with. I spoke with the coaches um, and started the recruiting process from there. So it was kind of a backwards deal where I met the coach on campus first and then was recruited. Um, and so that's how I ended up as Howard Payne as a coach. Um, kind of fast forward to now, um, uh, the last four years I've been at Cisco college as the women's, uh, head coach there, which is a division one junior college in region five, um, right. which has been a great experience for me as a young coach. That was my first full-time position, my first head coaching position. Um, and it was somewhere that God really called for me to be there, um, before before Cisco College, I was at Howard Payne still as the uh, part-time assistant um, or part-time graduate employee, if you will, as basically a graduate assistant um, under Brandon Badgley, who is still the women's coach there at Howard Payne. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So now I get the opportunity uh, to be under one of my mentors uh, as as or not under him, but I get to be work as, alongside him now. Um, uh, under someone who's meant a lot to me in my coaching journey. Um, and our relationship is fantastic. He actually married me and my wife. Um, he's been a great resource for me um, in my young coaching career. And so to be back now with him as well, uh, with our offices side by side, is going to be fantastic. Great stuff. So he actually married you all too, huh? That's pretty awesome, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Great stuff. So, Talk to us a little bit, returning home, right? Returning home to, to Howard Payne. Right. Why, well, besides the obvious that there was an, an opening, why was the time right from your yeah, perspective? Um, right? <clears throat> so funny enough, so Cisco is about 45 minutes south, or I'm sorry, is about 45 minutes north of, of Brownwood. And so uh, during my graduate assistantship, I started dating a girl and um, she was in Brownwood at, at, at Howard Payne and um, ended up that just something felt right and I didn't want to go too far away. And so uh, when Cisco College came open, it was a great opportunity for me professionally, um, but it was also a great opportunity for, for me to be close to her as well. And um so I moved up to Cisco, which is, again, 45 minutes away. So it's not too bad of a, a I wouldn't call it long distance. And then um, just so happy happened that I married that lady. And uh, now we're expecting our first child. So I think things worked out fairly well. And uh, and so Aaron and I have been together for almost two years, two years in May. Um, so about a year and nine months now. And so. Um, so when this opportunity came open uh she's actually been working at howard Payne for almost a year now and so this past summer um, we actually bought a house in brownwood uh, and moved back so instead of her commuting from cisco to brownwood which she was doing now i was commuting from brownwood to cisco um, because it's just a community that we love so much and there's so many people that we still are in touch with uh, that are so great to us and so um, it just, it was, it's not anything that I can say that I put together. It was 
strictly God's plan for us, I believe. Um, we, as I alluded to just a little bit ago, we're expecting our first child now. Um, we are, we own a house and then just so happened that I get to work alongside my main mentor and Brandon Badgley um, and, and get to experience Howard Payne again as a, as a head coach. Um, and it was a place that I, I, I truly, and I'm, I'm sure I'll say this again, and I already have, I hold near and dear to my heart. And so, yeah, the, that was kind of the timing. It, it just, I, I didn't, I wouldn't say that it was really timing for me, that it was just like something I've been thinking about for a long time or because I, I think there was still work to do in Cisco. I think we had the program on the right direction. Um, we had the first winning season tw since 2015 at the school. We ended the year in the United Soccer Coaches National Rankings for the first time since 2014. Um, you know, so there was a lot of great things happening at Cisco College. Uh, but when God calls you and, and he puts that work in your life, you, you can't say no to him. And so, uh, yeah, that's why now. Yeah. Such great stuff. That's a lot of, it's a lot of blessings, but that's a lot yeah. of change, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So they always say that one, they always say ahead. tragedies come in, comes in threes. Have you ever heard that saying? I have, I have. Yeah. I, I like to think blessings comes in threes blessings. as well. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of where I, I, I've seen that as well. Right. So. Right. That's such great stuff. And first one on the way in, uh, would you, in the summer, right? July. Right. Yes, sir. July. So tell us, so what do we know? What can you share? Have they had, have you guys had the, uh, the great gender reveal? You're keeping it a secret. What, yeah. what, what no, do we know so far? Not a secret. Um, we are, we are putting the name under wraps for a while. Mm -hmm. But uh, we did announce uh, a couple weeks ago that we will have a boy. So um, super excited about that. All right. Great job. Awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. So hey, any new chance I can get to play uh, to play <laughs> to play with some of our features here. So yes. that is great stuff, though. So congratulations. Congratulations Thank to both of you and your wife. And uh, you. yeah, you'll have to you'll have to let us know, uh, you know, obviously. Definitely, uh, definitely wishing you all, wishing you, wishing you all much success with the many blessings as well. And uh, you'll have to let us know once that name reveal is out there as well. Yes, sir. So, um, Could still be so Hector, you never know. Oh, hey, great name, great name. If you ever, if you know anything about Homer's Iliad, you know it's a great name. So um, now, did you, when it comes to Howard Payne, did you envision, or did you know, or did you envision that, you would return one day. It was, there's the difference between, Hey, I'd like to versus you just kind of deep down inside knew you'd be back one day being that you were there once as an assistant. Did you, what, what was, where were you with that? It was always something that was in the back of my mind. Um, but I know, so going on the women's side, the women's track, I know coach Badgley is going to be there for a, a long time. He's also an alumni of the program. He actually st helped start. He was one of the students that put together pr the proposal uh, for Howard Payne to bring soccer on both the men and women's side. And so it's nice. a place, again, that it's it's not just a program that we just so happen to fall uh, 
in love with. It's something that truly means something to us both. And so um, I kind of, after a while, gave up the idea that he was ever going to leave on the women's side and I could take over that. <laughs> um, I'm sure he's going to love that, right? I'm sure he'll uh, love that I'm, comment. Yeah. I'm sure he will. And he'll let me know about it. But uh, but I always said that if there was one job that would that I would allow myself to just jump straight back into the men's game, it would be Howard Payne. And it's because... Um, I know what it's like to go through that locker room. I know what Howard Payne is like as a student. Um, and I just can, I feel like I can relate more because I truly believe that the relational, uh, aspect of between men and women and the communication style is just different. Um, not that it's, the game is different, but there are just different things that you have to be aware of. And so um, being on the women's side for six years now, uh, it took me some time to transition to that. But uh, I, I, I do believe that it'll be a fairly seamless transition because I do know what it's like to be in this program. Right, right. So, you know, and, and that's an interesting point as well, because so you're returning to you're returning to the men's side of the house, if you will. How any even the game is the game right but in terms of you also have to know your audience right in terms of your 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 athletes your student athletes any initial just jitters beyond just coaching is coaching yes the game is the game but just jitters in making that return back to the men's side from the women's side not not necessarily i was actually so my household i only grew up with my brothers my sisters uh were off and lived in separate areas so i never grew up with them um, and so I, I strictly grew up with my brothers. And so I understand, uh, that's more of like my upbringing was more just the male side. I didn't mm -hmm. really have the female aspect. Um, and something you may not know, and, and I'm sure you'll, you'll enjoy this with your, your background as well as my father was a military man. Um, he was nice. in the, he did his career in the army, which oh, I know you'll have. So, some uh, some hesitation with that one, but being from the Air Force, but uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but I, yeah, I, he, spent, he, I spent eight years. I spent eight years of my career attached. My uniform said Air Force, but I was with the Army for about eight years. So now I, it's you know how it is. It's the joking, the joking rivalry, yeah. of course, yeah. amongst all. But yeah, no, absolutely no. Thank. Make sure you tell him. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you for his yes. service on behalf of the absolutely. podcast. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um. And and really. You know, because when he was doing his career, he did 20, 22 years, something around that that range. Um, he was the, he was there in Afghanistan, there in Iraq, there in uh, Desert Storm. So he was gone on deployment a good amount of my life or my upbringing. Right. And um, I don't say that to say that I grew up without my father, but right. it was my mother and she had to deal with the boys. Yeah. Right. And so uh, we kind of just did our thing. I mean, with respect to my mother as well, but we were a handful. I know that. <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> of course, of I know course. that. For right. Sure. But, but you're a different type of I mean, being growing up as military brats. Right. As they're just military kids are they're different in a special way, in a great way. You know, so I could only imagine. So it, it's not like a prototypical young young kid right they're they're raised a little differently they have to endure things differently 
they tend to be much more used to much more diversity and and a lot they tend to be very resilient than your prototypical young kid who is already very resilient right right and and i'm actually a special type of army brat i like to say because i never moved oh nice so, yeah it was a strange situation um but yeah my dad kind of would do deployments but he would always return and then um he ended up having a surgery that whenever his his company was moving to a different location. Um, it ended up having him stay at Fort Hood. And so I, I never actually moved because when that happened, when we were supposed to move, his co- he moved companies. Right. He moved from 1st Cavalry to 4th uh, ID. Gotcha. So, uh, so, yeah. Great stuff. Great story. So, so that's got to be fun. That's got to be interesting. So you returned to the men's side and now four years on the women's side at Cisco college. Um, that's, that's a lot, right? So how, how do you feel that not, not the jump from the women's back to the men's game, but just the four years at Cisco, how did, uh, how do you feel that's prepared you for now for this moment? Well, you know what they say is, uh, I've, I've, I've heard coaches tell me that, uh, one year at Juco is two years in, in real life. <laughs> I've heard so, that before. Yeah. Uh, so if you, if you look at it, maybe it says four years, but it could feel like an eight years worth of experience because you wear so many hats. Um, and, and I think that because I've had to do, you know, it's no secret that the junior college resources are not as much typically at, as your four-year universities. And so as, as far as manpower, as far as amenities. Um, and so I had to learn, especially as a first time head coach, how to do so many different things admin wise. Uh, I was still coming into my own as far as um, learning how to, to do training on the field. Uh, I was a goalkeeper at Howard Payne. I was a goalkeeper coach. And then I did more defensive tactics uh, towards, you know, the second year of my graduate assistantship. And so now I was in charge of an entire program. And so uh, over the last four years, I've really, I feel like I've come into my own um, because I've had to, and I was thrusted into that opportunity rather than just kind of feeling it out. Like some people do with, uh, being an assistant for a long time. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Uh, my first few months, I felt like I was drowning because I just <laughs> had so much to do. Um, but it it prepared me now that um, I've gotten to make so many great connections within this, in this world of, of the game. And um, whether those are, are women's connections or those are men's connections uh their connections nonetheless that are, are always there for me um you know uh, there's so many people that i could call right now and, and that i've seen even here out at the showcase that um there's a community of coaches that are just so willing to help and are so were congratulatory to me um but i feel that my four years at junior college prepared me to speak fluently within training and then also seek out development. Um, Development in junior college is not just about development for the kids. You get to develop as a coach so quickly. Um, You're recruiting 
has to be on point because you have to scout, you have to recruit half of your team, if not a little bit more every year. And so you're consistently speaking to players, recruiting players, getting those conversations. Um, and, and so I was, I got very well versed in that uh, very quickly because of how much we had to do. And then you're also getting to train a lot more than what you do at the division three level, at least in the spring. Um, because the development period in the spring for junior college is very much like a division one or division two model in the sense that you get a longer time period um, and you right. get now what it used to be four games. Now you get six play dates. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's a lot of opportunity for not only the players to develop, but for us as coaches to try, try different things and to implement new ideas. Um, and that's something that, this is a game that you will continue to learn as long as you want you're never not learning in this game. And if you do stop learning, that's typically when you start to get out. Right. That's when it's time to hang them up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So for the aspiring coach or maybe the aspiring student athlete right now in high school that doesn't really understand, doesn't really know much about junior college. How do you, the elevator speech in terms of the junior college experience, right? On both of those fronts, what do you say to them? Um, So first is the price point. The Cisco college, our overall bill for the year was nine K without any athletic scholarship applied or financial aid applied. And so um, the price point is fantastic. And we tie that to the amount that you're going to play um, in the sense that you still have to earn your your position. You still have to earn your time. But there is so many opportunities for you to jump in right away and play uh, because everyone is in that first or second year, potentially third year, especially with the COVID year in play um, uh, over the last few years. I think now everyone in the junior college route has graduated out of their COVID year. Um, but there's there's so much uh, opportunity for you to play right away at the junior college level right. um, where I know as, as for me, I actually sat my first two years of college. Uh, we had some great goalkeepers in front of me and I had to, to really learn how to become, I wouldn't say a professional, but how to really be more professional in a training sense um, because it's just a completely different level from high school or club to, to college. And so got to learn under some great, uh, great guys in front of me my first two years. And then, um, but I could have spent that at a junior college potentially. And, you know, you know, now I'm, I'm talking about the, the price point of Howard Payne a little bit and maybe hurting myself here, but uh, (laughs) on the recruiting (laughs) side, but I, I, I am a big advocate because of the development that you can get at a junior college. And then also the amount of money you can save those first two years um, while you're doing that development period. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and it has to be something that's right for you. If, uh, it, if if you don't believe that it's truly good for you, then I understand. And and but when uh, um, when you know we're out at a showcase and we say, oh, we're a Division One junior college, and then people kind of turn their nose away, 
just because of our name, um, that that's a hard pill to swallow. But mm -hmm. I truly believe that it can be advantageous for so many people, whether you come from a low income background or not. Yeah. And just like the junior college side, you know, you mentioned you spoke to it just very good briefly right now. But, you know, now you move on Howard Payne to D3. And that tends to be a very a high quality, high caliber level of soccer played as well. Great institution where you're at now. And but it also tends to be often misunderstood or overlooked. Right. Or when it maybe they're one and the same. Right. Um but even from on that front, on the D3 side, what, what has you excited to be returning to not only Howard Payne, but to the D3 soccer side? Yeah, I think there's just a purity about the game. Um, right. you're, not, you're not getting people who are worried about their money, uh, whether it's, you know, I feel like I should be getting more scholarship or uh, I'm worried because I'm not producing as much as maybe my scholarship says I should be. Or, uh, you know, there's there's for Division three, you're really there for the love of the game and the holistic approach of the student athlete vision. And it's truly a student athlete uh, community. And so what we do at Howard Payne is we truly focus on what your academic side will look like. So when you when I look at a recruit, I look at their GPA and what they're wanting to study, because that's super important to me to know, OK, are they taking their their education seriously in high school? Because that can be indicative of what they're going to do in college as well. There's different circumstances, I understand, um, for some people, but um, it does matter. Your grades do matter, especially. Right. Uh, and I, I, what I said to you, I think off air, we had a couple of people possibly tuning in today. I think that's one thing that is very important for me and that they should know was the, the academic side is, is just, if not more important to me than the athletic side, um, because that's the division three model, right? It's the holistic approach of your academics and the true meaning of a student athlete. Um, now, we are still going to put a huge emphasis on the athletic side because we want to be competitive. We want to be successful on the field. If I didn't want to be competitive on the field or successful, I don't know why I would be coaching. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? no doubt. And so, um, but there has to be, uh, it has to be known that we at, at Howard Payne are going to be very focused on the academic side as well as the athletic. So what can put you on the spot here a little bit? What can people expect or, or better yet, let me rephrase that. How were, how will Howard Payne university men's soccer look different under you in, in year one? Um, so we we kind of had this expectation conversation in our first team meeting. Um, the players asked kind of what my expectations for them were. And I really put it under four pillars. And it's something that we implemented at Cisco as well. It's, it's really four words or four phrases is being respectful. And that's being respectful of yourself, your teammates, your loved ones, your professors, of the opponent, 
uh, the, the officials, um, just being a respectful and, a, and being a good human. Um, be competitive. You know, we want to be competitive in all things, not just not just the game that we spend 90 minutes playing, but in training, if we're, you know, out on the field playing pickup, we want to be competitive. We want to, if we're, you know, right. playing cards in the locker room, if we're, you know, or playing dominoes, whatever it is, we want to be competitive. Uh, third one was we want to serve. We want to be servant leaders first. And that's something that uh, I hold dear to me is that I want to be someone that, the the players know that they can use as a reference as a a a model of the servant leadership so i'm going to be there for them i want to i want to be a a coach that puts in the time for them not only athletically again but personally to get to know them um we want to serve the community and um we want to serve our our our, uh, our campus as well and then lastly is to be curious. And uh, mm-hmm. I brought up the, the famous Ted Lasso nowadays mm-hmm. and his be curious, not judgmental speech on, on, in, episode, or in, uh, in season one. Um, and for us, at, uh, when we set that, it was we want to be curious, yes, of, um, of people and of uh, other cultures and because I believe college sports are, uh, especially the locker rooms, are such a melting pot of people. Mm-hmm. You're getting so oh, many, yeah. even within the, the small schools in Texas, you know, most of our players on the roster are from the state of Texas. Um, but Houston is different than San Antonio. San Antonio is different than Austin. Austin's different than Dallas or El Paso or East Texas. Right. And so there's different cultures, different upbringings. So maybe someone moved in from, you know, Connecticut, you know, whatever. So your upbringing is completely different. You're raised in different styles. And so just because someone comes off a certain way, whether that's a good or a bad way, um, we want to be curious of what makes them tick and ask questions to get to know people. And that kind of feeds into the, the culture of um, being a team first type of person um, and wanting to know your teammates. And I think that kind of goes into not being clickish in a sense. And so um, those four things really for us, you know, and also being curious in training, you know, to, to touch one mm-hmm. more thing that fourth one being curious to hey i'm a wing player can i do something different today to uh to defeat my defender 1v1 or you know as a goalkeeper can i be curious of how can i distribute a little bit differently to make it more efficient um so definitely those four things being uh being respectful being um competitive being a servant and being curious. Great stuff, great stuff. And you talked about <clears throat> you talked about the famous Ted Lasso speech, right? There in the pub, gives the famous yeah. barbecue sauce statement, right? Which segues us perfect into this, right? So uh, my fellow co-host of Inside Texas High School Soccer, uh, Coach Rafa Castorena, gives us a comment here. He said he loves the you, so you got to tell me about this Underwoods, man. I, I, I'm assuming you had to have been there. Can, what can you tell me? Yeah. So Underwoods is a Brownwood staple. Um, yeah. their, their, their main things is unlimited sides, 
and unlimited rolls and cobbler. So sounds like got, my kind of place already. There you go. Sounds like my you kind know, of place. The you know that they do the barbecue, but like for me, a good barbecue joint is only as good as its sides, right? And so uh, if I go, you know, I'm going to load up on the mac and cheese, the green beans, mashed potatoes, possibly, you know, coleslaw, potato salad. They got it all, and then. On top of that, you can you keep coming down the line, and you got the cherry cobbler, the apple, the peach. The, you know, it just goes oh, on and on. Yeah, I got your mouth watering already. You're about to derail this podcast because I'm going to lose I'm gonna lose focus here. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so the owner Paul Underwood. Yeah. It's been a family-owned business. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I actually uh, started playing pickleball in my free time as my my activity. Nice. Um, and I absolutely love it, but he's, he's in part of that group within Brownwood that plays. And so, uh, hopefully we can get the hookup on, on Underwoods here soon. Big, uh, big, big pickleball community there in, in Brownwood. Is that yeah. what you're telling us? Yeah, actually that's, it's quite large. Uh, yeah. it's, it's a really, oh, wow. there's a really big group that plays and they're, um, they're actually putting pickleball courts, uh, on campus at Howard Payne. And then they're, building some pickleball courts in uh one of the parks uh in the middle of town so yeah gonna be pretty large pickleball uh nice going out of brownwood soon there you go well make sure you put in a good word to uh to paul for for the 50 50 podcast there. all right so we'd love that um next time you're traveling so up towards el paso just just head north right. instead of going i-10 <laughs> yeah i've never been never been to brownwood as like the closest closest i came to brownwood was when i was uh so when the family and i when i was stationed in uh in abilene at dias yeah. right it was all of six months right that's where i retired out of and uh so never had that opportunity to go go that direction which isn't far at all but yeah they got all yeah, the pictures was... of everybody on the walls that have been through there and yeah they got autographed pictures and whatnot so it's it's a staple for sure it's, right a lot of right. people know underwoods is brownwood or brownwood is underwoods yeah yeah great stuff so this obviously you're on the trail already you're there you're talking to us live from austin right now but what are what's the spring what's the spring looking like in terms of just training and as well as where are you going to be this spring as far as ID camps or are you, are you having any, where, what's your spring looking like? Yeah. So, um, I'm actually still transitioning out of Cisco. Uh, I'll, I'll technically be out officially at the end of the month. Um, and so, uh, Tuesday will be my last official day at Cisco. And so I'll be full time in the office at Howard Payne, uh, it helps that I live there so I can spend a few hours at night um, up at the office. So that's where most of my work has come so far. But um, so I say that to tell you that uh, dates as far as ID camps and things like that on campus uh, are still yet to be determined. Um, but that's I remember listening to your episode with Lance Key and you gave him a hard time about that after only being there for three days. And so I had to let you <laughs> I know. I told him it was unacceptable. Unacceptable, I told him, right? Um, Shout out so, to Lance. Shout out to Lance. So ju just to quote him, uh, ID camps come on day four. There you go. All right. So that will be when? So that'll be what? February 3rd, I think. Is that when uh, I hit you up? Yeah, that'll be good. That'll or be good. February 4th. There you go. All right. I'll, I'll give you till I'll, I'll do him one better and make it the third day. How about that? There you go. Yeah. 
but uh, as far as um, the spring, um, we have strength and conditioning with our strength and conditioning coach uh, um, on campus. Um, so I won't be involved in that, but it'll be an opportunity for the guys to get involved with that uh, it, as um, as often as they would like. And then um, we will begin looking at, we're, we're still solidifying our play dates for the spring to where we can begin uh, training with the, the, the fall or first for the, for the spring rather. And so um, again, uh, it's something that we don't want to take lightly is just rushing things as far as uh, just getting on the field and, and you know, not knowing the guys relationally. And so I think that's a super important portion of, of what we're going to do this next week is just have them in, in the office to where we can get to know them a little bit better uh, as individuals, you know, why they chose Howard Payne, what they're, you know, what they're studying um, and, you know, kind of where they're from, you know, family backgrounds, stuff like that. And so uh, that's really going to be the main focus the next week or two is just to get to know them a little bit better. Uh, gotcha. And that, again, it's going to, you know, all great relationships take time and they take uh, effort. And that's something that we want to make sure that we're putting in is that time and effort. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well said. Thoughts on engaging the, this is kind of a two-parter really, but thoughts on engaging the Texas, the Texas high school soccer community. And what have you noticed from your time when you played? to now in terms of the Texas high school soccer scene? Yeah, no, uh, kind of, so, I mean, I didn't play, but uh, I graduated in 2013 from high school. So it hasn't even necessarily, this will be 10 years, I guess you would say, uh, is, is this, this spring. And so um, for me, it really, it's still a bit fresh in the high school span. Um, there's been a lot more realignment like there is every other a couple of years, but uh, there's just been so much diversity within um, the success of different programs. And there's a lot more programs now actually uh, right. that weren't around during, you know, 10 years ago. And so, um, you know, just to speak on my hometown, there's a, a new high school, Lake Belton. And, um, and so that's kind of, drawn the the talent pool in Belton, you know, kind of split it in half. And so um, two now two competitive programs in in the hometown uh, compared to just the one um, when and you know, we I, I always like to brag, you know, with uh, with my high school teammates, we never lost a home game, um, you know, during our time. And so uh, I believe they actually lost last night. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> wow. at home. Yeah. And so, uh, They'll love that shout out too, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and the head coach is actually one of my former teammates. And so he, he will definitely yeah, love that. Go. But yeah, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean, especially in Brownwood, the, the Brownwood itself is growing tremendously within high school soccer, both the men and women's programs. Um, Mike Westerman is the men's coach or the boys coach or men's coach, however you'd like to say, at Brownwood High. And uh, he actually 
we played together my junior and senior year at Howard Payne. Um, and so I know Mike uh, pretty well, and he's heavily involved in the soccer uh, community in Brownwood. And that's a, a great resource for me to, to be getting in touch with as far as not only for the high school and recruiting uh, homegrown kids, but also, um, you know, recreational leagues and, and youth development. Um, he's someone that loves the game and loves the loves Brownwood itself. And so, um, yeah, the high school community in that big country area uh, itself is getting better and better and, and um, ex- extremely excited to continue to uh, support them, whether it's Abilene or San Angelo, mm-hmm. Graham, Mineral Wells, Brownwood, you know, just that entire area there, uh, Stephenville as well. Um, yeah, Stephenville, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Yeah. Great, great women's program out of there. Boys as well have been very competitive as of late. And so, um, yeah, the, the dynamic of of high school soccer now it, it just it just continues to get better and better and, it, and i believe that's just the game growing within the state you know recently we had a uh, just earlier this week speaking of you know ironically that his ironic his name came up but earlier this week we had a uh, a post that went i don't know viral if you will was a very proved to be a very popular post with i don't know if you saw it it was a quote from from lance key Right. Yeah. Talking about recruiting, uh, recruiting at Texas at actual Absolutely. high school games. Right. At Texas yeah. high school. So what what are your thoughts on that? How do you what do you say to because that's the overwhelming narrative? Right. Is, hey, you'll you're never going to get seen at a high school game. You don't go college coaches. They just don't. Attend, they don't say what level they just say college coaches don't. Right. What do you say to that? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I disagree. Um I know, I know the the quote kind of Lance brought up the Governor's Cup uh, at Georgetown, and um, Coach McCutcheon there at Georgetown was actually the the he started the men and women's programs at Howard Payne, and so he's he's a uh, he's one of the coaches that I spoke with on my on my visit there when I decided you know that's where I wanted to go. And it was he was one of the main reasons, and so he's been a great. Uh, um, resource for me to go back and forth with on not only for recruiting, but just, you know, Hey, you know, I'm at Howard Payne or whatever. I got the Cisco job. Hey, I got the Cisco job. You know, what can you tell me about, you know, the landscape for junior college within what you've seen? Cause he's been around the game for so many years. And um, yeah, I, you know, when I was uh, the GA at, at Howard Payne, when I was at Cisco, and now, you know, uh, as the men's coach at Howard Payne, um, we travel as much as we can to watch high school games. And especially tournaments. I was just up at, at Dr. Pink um, a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. Uh, you know, um, there's multiple tournaments, Governor's Cup, there's the Northeast and Southwest uh, in San Antonio tournaments. Um, there's San Mark. I mean, I could list on and on the different tournaments, but uh, most of what we found at Cisco, we honestly would see a lot of girls first in high school before we saw them in club. Mm-hmm. And um, there's so many great players that just can't afford it so many great players that can't afford it. And so uh, some of our best players over the last four 
years at Cisco strictly played high school or just could not afford to play a high level club. So they, yeah. they weren't going to be seen at showcases, but they were still playing year round. And so um, I'm a huge proponent of getting out and spending the time um, to, to watch high school games and connect with those coaches uh, because you never know who you're going to see. Um, and, you know, every high school has a player that can play. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it just, especially in, you know, you talk about the UIL, you talk about publics on the public school side, those first three weeks in January, right? If you're a college coach, if you're a college coach, (laughs) not even just in Texas, but in the surrounding States, why you wouldn't be attending any of those. I mean, cause you can, you can hit so many in, in just in the, in that three week span and, and watch a lot of great play, a lot of great players. So, yeah. And, and to um, touch on that, you know, the, the Dr. Pink was Frisco ISD. Um, the, the, I believe it was the first or second week. Uh, I believe it was first weekend of, of January. And you had obviously the Frisco ISD teams and teams from Dallas, but then you also had El Paso, you had Houston, you had Austin, Dallas, or I'm sorry, uh, uh, San Antonio. Um, you had teams from all over the state come into play in this tournament. Right. So why would you not go out there and watch all these different, the, the diversity of, of the game within our state? Yeah, absolutely. Well said. So as we start to, as we start to transition here, coach, Got one final question for you before we move on to our second segment. But um, this is a question as of late on and off and on. I like to ask coaches, especially coaches that are in in a new role, right, in a new position. But so finish this sentence. The 2023 Howard Payne University men's soccer season will be a success if. We will be successful if we get the most out of our players. Um, for that year. And so what that, what I always say that means is you never know what's going to happen within the season. You don't know whether uh, injuries can occur. You know, um, there's mental things outside of your control, especially with the emphasis of mental health now, um, which is, is fantastic uh, that people are, are bringing that to light. Um, you just don't know what is going on completely and, and that's okay. Um, but we can't tie ourselves to, uh, you know, for me to come in and say, we're going to win the conference and we're going to, you know, do all this on the win, the wins and loss record. That is something that we will aim to do is be competitive and to win every single game. That is overall what we want to do. But if we tie our success to the year on that, then we're going to be let down because there's only one team that lifts the trophy at the end of the year. And so how can we evaluate and tie our success to our individual growth and development? And so um, we that'll be tied in with our meetings with uh, the with the guys that we'll have um, and we'll set team uh goals and and uh um, milestones that we want to reach in order to achieve what we ultimately want to but um as long as we at the end of the year can evaluate and say man we got everything we could out of this team i think that's success 
Well said, well said. He is Coach Brandon McGivney, the head men's soccer coach, new head men's soccer coach of Howard Payne University. Coach, this has been great. A lot of great info here. Thank you for that. We know you're going to stick around. We get to uh, pick on you a little bit with our counter tag segment. Have some fun with you. Don't go, <laughs> don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. As the lead sponsor and proud supporter of the 5050 Podcast, alongside Coach Hector Cano, College Promoters is proud to be elevating its support for the college soccer recruiting process more than any other service in the country. If your son or daughter is serious about competing in college soccer, call College Promoters USA directly at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athlete. And we're back with Coach Brandon McGibney, the head men's soccer coach of Howard Payne University. Coach, it is just about that time. But before we do, let me tell <clears throat> excuse me, let me tell you about our good friends at Gipper. So as you know, we've been we've been partnered with them now with Gipper for six months. They are doing some cutting edge stuff in, in the world of graphics, right? So marketing graphics. So six going on seven months actually that we've been with them now. And uh our personal experience has been great. Gippers, the way schools, athletic departments, ADs, and coaches create world-class marketing content. Join over 2,500 coaches and ADs and use Gipper to create high-quality, visually branded graphics for your program. The best part, anyone can do it in seconds on any device without needing any design experience. Um, I can tell you this. I've had, I have a good amount of experience in this, and even for the power user, the more experienced user, they give you all kinds of different options, so much more in terms of resources. So love, love, love uh, being being a partner with them. So now for our listeners, if you may be a listener of, 50, of the 5050 podcast, we're going to give you an opportunity to capitalize on that if you're interested. So listeners of the 5050 podcast can receive a 10% off any first time Gipper purchase. All you got to do is visit Gipper.com slash partner slash 5050 to learn more. Again, that's gipper.com slash partner slash 5050. All right, coach, counter-tech. It's, that, it's the moment of truth. Yes, sir. I'm ready right. for it. As a goalkeeper, go. I always had to slow these things down, so I'm ready to, I'm ready to deflect these shots you're going to throw. <laughs> uh, deflect. Deflect being the key word. <laughs> All right. First one, VAR or VAR, whichever you want to call it. Yes or no? In college? Just in general, in the game? I think it can be utilized well, um, but it's not at the moment. So is that a yes or a no? I'll say yes. That's a yes. Okay. He's deflecting already, right? Question one, <laughs> he's deflecting already. Listen to him. <laughs> All right. Secret talent that you have that very few people may know? Um. In high school, I was a percussionist, and so uh, oh. throughout college and, and now as an adult, I haven't really 
shown that quite often as far as my uh, my percussion skills, whether that's uh, xylophone, snare drum, bass drum. I did a little bit of of uh, like a drum set, a trap set, but um, was never like great at that. Just there's too many things going on. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, orchestrative percussion was actually a, a huge thing for me growing up. Nice. Great stuff. Favorite number and why? Um, I was always drawn to seven. Uh, that was, I was born January 7th. And so that was kind of my thought process going throughout. Um, and then uh, that was really it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you don't need too much depth there. That's pretty simple. So lucky number um, seven is what everyone says. Okay. Next one for you. So you got a couple different options here. You can go. So greatest ever, you can go male, male and female, or just one or your personal favorite, but greatest male and or female soccer player. Man, um, I might get in, uh, this might already cause controversy in the locker room if I, with what I'm about to say, but I'm a, me I'm a messy guy. I'm definitely a Lionel Messi guy. And then for me on the women's side, you can't really talk about greatest players of all time without mentioning Marta um, mm -hmm. just okay. for so long and for, for how consistent she's been just such a fantastic player. Mm -hmm. Okay. Good. Not bad. Not bad. Pretty good. Bucket list destination. Kilkenny, Ireland. And so that's, uh, you know, that's very specific. And uh, so Kilkenny, I, I am Scotch-Irish. And um, and that's actually where my family originated was Kilkenny, Ireland, which I believe is just southwest of Dublin. Yeah, not so far. My, my family yeah. was, uh, was uh, apparently they had a castle there at one time. And my grandfather's very big into genealogy before he passed and um so that was one of the the bucket list items was to, nice, to visit nice. our our homeland and um and get a get a picture with our family crest in kilkenny mm -hmm. ireland wow yeah yeah ireland happened to be one of the few one of those countries where we frequented past i spent multiple trips going through there on the way on the way down range that was one of the initial stops and uh, so yeah had an opportunity to spend probably, I don't know, maybe if I totaled it all up, maybe a week and a half, maybe a little less than two weeks in Ireland. Uh, pretty, pretty fascinating stuff. Great, great place. Great place. It helps that it's just beautiful there. So, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love the people. I love, love, love the people. I can tell you that. Hobby you discovered during the pandemic? Um. So I would actually say walking. Uh, it was something that we wanted to get me and my, my wife, we wanted to get out of the house. And so yeah. it's something that I, I found that really helped us um, just clear our mind a little bit. And so there was like about a 45 minute loop that we would do from the house mm -hmm. when we were in Cisco. Uh, and we would just walk through town um, and walk through different neighborhoods. And then, uh, it was a way for us to communicate together and, and spend time one another outside of the house, not watching TV. And, uh, I think it, 
we had a lot of great conversations. So that was how I started getting more engaged in walking. Yeah. You're not, when I've, I've asked that question a few times in the past, you're not the first coach to, to answer that, to give that answer, uh, which is pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Pretty cool. I think we, I think we all beat up our bodies well enough. Right. That, uh, right. It's, um, <laughs> so I actually tore my Achilles this past summer. And, oh. uh, and yeah. so that's actually why I started playing pickleball. It was the first competitive sport that I could play that wasn't uh, that wasn't very uh, aggressive on my joints. And so mm -hmm. especially with re recovering, I didn't have to you know, do a bunch of explosive movements or at least not very much. And so um, that's, you know, over the last two and a half months, it's it's really become something I can do consistently. So, uh, yeah. We we yeah. put our bodies through some different stuff as as coaches mm -hmm. uh, yeah. when we see, yeah. when we still we're still dreaming that we can be one of those those guys on the field. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. From my playing days and my coaching days to obviously my active duty days, I yeah podcasting. Thank God has not been as hard on my joints either. So thank God. Yeah. <laughs> thank Maybe God just that. on the lower back. Yeah. Yeah. You ain't lying. So. Um, next, so if the all-time greatest player won't get you in trouble in the locker room, this one probably will, right? Greatest sports movie. Miracle. Mm. Yeah. Miracle. It's, one of, uh, so, yeah. it's yeah. one of mine. I have a, I have like a kind of a three-headed monster with greatest sports movies, mine personally. So yeah. that's uh, one. If I had to go that's greatest cool. soccer movie, it'd be cool. Love that movie. Yeah. Love that one. Great movie. Um, all right, next one. Watching, yes or no? Watching a movie alone in a theater. Yes or no? Yes, I, I'm good with that. Um, yeah. When my wife and I were not married yet, living apart, and I would go on, you know, or even just recruiting trips on my own, there's something that, you know, we're done early or whatever, I would go to a movie by myself and I would greatly enjoy it. So I'm okay with that. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Me too. Me too. Now this one, I ask every coach, every coach we've had on, I've asked this. So soccer czar, you're, you're appointed to soccer czar in America, right? What's the first change you would make regarding soccer in America tomorrow? Item or agenda item number one, what is it? Accessibility. Accessibility. Um, you look at, you know, the the boroughs or the the neighborhoods in England where it's such a large part of their, or even you know, South Africa or South America, sorry, um, Africa as well. It's just such a large part of their um, of their culture. It's because it's so easily accessible for them to just grab a ball, find a patch of grass or even a field or a, a patch of dirt, a street, whatever, and they just play. And um, that somehow if we can incorporate in America more kids playing at younger ages just to have fun and not for development or for, um, you know, with personal trainers, anything like that, it's just getting to them to play, pick up games, and have fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How, how yeah, we can increase that. You know, so in, in our last episode of the podcast, we had uh, 
don't know if you had a chance to see it, but we had Tom Beyer on, right? Uh, international renowned Tom Beyer. And he talked about the the culture piece that you're talking about and the accessibility was that the kid, you know, the the young child, the young kid, whatever you want to call them, with the ball is those eight countries that have won that have won the World Cup. That's what they have figured out the focus, placing the focus and the emphasis at the entry level versus on the the elite level, like all the other true, you know, non-footballing countries, if you will, or the ones that are nowhere near close to a a World Cup is they tend to place the emphasis on the elite level versus the entry level. So um, kind of kind of speaks a little bit to what you're talking about. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's the place for your elite trainers and your elite teams. But, um, you know, our greatest dribblers in the world, you know, Neymar being a great example, he didn't learn what he does by someone setting out cones for him. No. Yeah, so. absolutely. Absolutely. Any as a coach, not as a player, game day superstitions or rituals? Uh, I always like to get up to the field early. Um, you know, we, we especially at Cisco, we had to do setup uh, of our own field and, and, and uh, you know, goals, um, playing on a high school uh, football field um, and turf. And so we had to place everything out ourselves. And so I would like, I always liked to get there early and just kind of, um, and, and it's still something I enjoy doing is just to feel the serenity uh, of the quietness of the field, because I know what's about to happen. And I know the battles and the intensity that's that should be happening on the field here in the next hour or two. And so um, just to kind of visualize what what's going to happen. And then um, I'm I'm very big on visual. Uh, visualization. Um, I was the same way as a player, as a goalkeeper. I would visualize the game beforehand and envision what I would do in the moment. And so it's the same way as a coach is what are they going to try and throw at me? Can I prepare myself mentally? Um, and I love to do that before um, each game. Yeah. Most recent binge watch, Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime Video, <laughs> What what's been the, the recent binge watch? Yeah, so me and me and the wife, uh, we enjoy the circle on Netflix. Mm -hmm. It's like a social media experiment kind of deal. Oh. And so, uh, the series, so huh? Serious? It is. I think they just yeah. did their third or fourth season. And so, um, okay. I was up in Dallas the last few days, and so at night I was free, and so um, I was uh, watching watching the circle on TV. <laughs> nice. Good stuff. I know. I, I, I want to say that sounds kind of familiar, but, uh, but yeah, I'm not sure. I might be, unless I'm confusing it with something else though, but, uh, but pretty other good. Than huh? that, Two other than that, a, a more common thing was the, uh, I actually, uh, I'm late to the party. So I started watching game of Thrones. Mm. So I'm in season five of game of Thrones right now. Yeah. See, I, I went the opposite on that. I, I was around, I was early to the party. I was like, season one i was like oh this is pretty awesome right and hung around through season two and then it just kind of fell off the radar for me and uh 
and then I, I never followed up with it. So I've pretty much only seen through season two and then somewhere in there, I don't know, three, four, somewhere in there, it just, it got really big. Right. Cause I, I don't even remember how many seasons there were. I think six, maybe six or seven. I think so, it's nine, uh, but yeah. Is it, is it nine? Really? Yeah. yeah. I, See, so. I think, I think some people would be okay if it ended after seven. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because towards the end, yeah, I remember hearing some of some of the talk about that, but I was just like, "Don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me." So, <laughs> I'll watch yeah. it eventually. Yeah, the one I recently watched that I just finished, and it, it was—it's only you know, it's just—it's a miniseries, a four-part series, was uh, on Apple TV. The uh, the war, the war for football, right? So going back to chronicling the uh, the Super League debacle, right, that happened back in going to April of 2021. It's fun, very well done. Very well done. So um, if you get the chance, I'd rec definitely recommend it. Yeah. I also would recommend the All or Nothing series. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. On, on Amazon Prime. And yeah. then uh, the Welcome to Wrexham with, uh, with Wrexham FC was fantastic yeah. as well. Now that one, yeah, that one I got to finish. I think I'm only five episodes in, I think, on that one. Yeah. So That's yeah. one I think if you're going to binge something tonight, that's the one. Yeah. There we go. All right. Okay. Next one. Superpower question here. So you can only have one, right? Invisible or mind reader? Which would you want to be? Mm. See, this is a tough one because now I, I, I have to think about, do I want to know what people are thinking of me or what they're actually saying? Yeah. Yeah. And it's so, tricky. uh, um, I would probably go invisibility. Invisibility. So uh, you can be that fly on the wall, mm. if, so to speak. Okay. Yeah, it's a it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. Yeah. All right. So last one here for you, Coach. If you could go back, knowing what you know now as a coach, right? Go back in time to when you were a player. How would you have coached you? Um, I'm very much someone, so have you ever heard of the DISC training or yeah, DISC yeah, personality yeah. test? Right. I found, yeah. I found out that, uh, through some, some people, they tell me I'm a high eye. And so I'm very much a, I'm a, a warm hearted person who enjoys people and, uh, I don't want people to be let down. And so I'm not the, I'm not the person that, um, you yell at in order to get a task done. I'm the person you'd say, Hey, if you don't do this, you're going to let your team down. And so, um, it's not a berating. It's a, you have an expectation and this is, this is, you know, if you don't get it done then you know, you're not going to, you know, be that guy. And so, uh, yeah, I think I would be the one that, um, that coaches, need to uh to kind of take to the side throw the arm over the shoulder and and say hey this is why you need to do this because um yeah i i don't like letting people down that's that's my personality and mm -hmm. so uh um definitely i'm that that over the shoulder not the berating type of player yeah yeah you know you mentioned <clears throat> excuse me you mentioned the uh, the berating and it just for whatever reason, it just kind of it triggered the immediate recent memory of I'm sure you saw it that 
was trending on social media, the video of the basketball coach here at, at a D3 school here in, uh, here in Texas, I, coach and school won't be named, but, uh, but yeah, it was in terms of just the level of, Hey, this is, yeah, that very unsatisfactory, right. Very unsatisfactory. So, um, do, do you have any idea what I'm talking about, coach? Did, did you yeah, get a chance no, to see I what have, I'm talking about? I have multiple, I mean, that's where I'm from. And so I have right. multiple people who I know, uh, mm-hmm. from there. And so, um, yeah, I, I completely under, understand where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that's just never who I've wanted to be. It's never, uh, I, I don't think that, you know, there's, there used to be a way that players and coaches interacted, and I don't think that's the way that the world is anymore. And so um, I spoke earlier on the relational portion of what we want to be, mm-hmm. and that's who I am. Uh, I've had, um, I actually have a player that was at Cisco with me that's at Howard Payne now on the women's side. And so I know that she's communicated with some of the guys about my style and things like that. And so uh, they understand, I believe, that I'm not going to be the guy that even on my worst day is going to sit there and yell at you. Um, I'm going to be the guy that uh, wants to pull you aside and have a conversation about where I'm at and what I'm feeling and and why I'm, you know, feeling the way I'm feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well said, coach, this has been, uh, this has been great, really great info from you today. I've loved having you on. We've been thrilled, to, thrilled to have you on and join us today. Um, so as we wrap up here and as is customary, we always like to wrap up with what we call our final piece here of final thoughts. And you, since you are our guest, uh, as is customary, we always like to have our guests go first. So the floor is yours. Yeah, uh, you know, first and foremost, um, we spoke a little bit about your history as well in the military. So thank you for your service uh, as well. And, and um, you know, there's so many great people uh, that are, are inspiring and many of them have been in that background. And, and what you're also doing for the sport and for Texas high school soccer and for promoting the colleges as well, um, you know, even measly old division three coaches over here uh you know um you know that was a sarcastic comment obviously but uh right right you know we greatly appreciate what you are doing for the game uh, within the state and uh um it cannot be understated how needed it is for um and, and how great it is for a resource like this to be available for student athletes to say uh, I don't know about the school, but I found this podcast and they can they can listen to um, whoever has been a guest on here. And so uh, whether that's junior college coaches, it's division three, division one, division two, whoever, men, women. Um, I want to be a proponent of the junior college route. I want to be a proponent right. of women's of women's soccer still, um, because those are both huge parts of our landscape. And so, um, again, thank you for having me on and letting me speak on on where I've been and, and what what's to come. And um, can't thank you enough. Yeah, yeah. 
thank you and thank you for your kind words but really appreciate you being here and cannot uh, cannot stress it enough we really wish you with all the blessings that uh, you recently had and you have come in um want to wish you the absolute best with everything right from from the expansion <laughs> the expansion of the family to uh building the program there the men's soccer program there at howard Payne, being able to be reunited with your mentor as well and coach badgley so uh, tremendous, tremendous success, tremendous luck. We know you're going to put in the work. So thank you. Uh, thank you for the kind words again. And I'm going to kind of echo uh, my final thought is kind of echoing a little bit on what you hit on in terms of the, uh, the D three, right. Is in one of my other roles as director of soccer for college promoters, USA, I talk to, I speak to hundreds and hundreds of families and student athletes and Inevitably, the the D3 question comes up, right? The, just like the junior college question comes up, but the D3 question comes up and it's like, hey, what are your thoughts on it? What are your experiences with it? And because everyone just has grown up in this D1 or bust mentality, right? Uh, this D1 or bust world. And what I, what I often tell them is my experiences and all of my interactions with multiple D3 coaches, former D3 student athletes is, and you mentioned one of them is there's two words that routinely come up and they are purity and balance, right? The purity of the game, right? And because you have, you have student, you know, student athletes that are there to both grow as people, grow as students and continue and grow as athletes, right? Continue to play, you know, the sport that they love, but you also have the balance piece, right? When terms of the ability to, um, the ability to truly be a student, you're going to be expected to attend classes, and uh, you're going to be expected to hold up your end there. I mean, that is the point of emphasis, right? Along with the athletics, right? So that's the, the true balance, and you're all you're also going to be afforded the opportunity to maybe do the internships, right, or the summer abroad. Some of the stuff that you won't necessarily be able to do with some of the other divisions. So I cannot stress that enough is you really take away lists when you're looking at schools for the recruits out there for our, our PSAs, our prospective student athletes, cover the name of the school, cover the name of the level, right? And just list the schools just based upon their merits, right? And, you, and you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised. And, and the other piece, too, is that you have, I believe – the ratio, right? And granted, this, obviously, the the enrollments are smaller, but the ratio in terms of student at you know student athlete, it's like one in every six, I believe, or it used to be one in every six student uh, students at a D three institution is a student athlete. So, so there is this certain still, you know, small community um, where you're gonna be you're gonna be able to interact with another student athlete. Not to mention the support network of being being with uh, a team right so uh so yeah so anything you want to follow up with that coach yeah uh, i mean that that's such a great um great way to look at it and i might might have to start using that in my recruiting pitches just look at all the amenities <laughs> from us cover the name you know um right and uh as long as i get royalties coach as long as i get royalties <laughs> i'm fine that's fine that's fine um, <laughs> but Good stuff. It, it, it is the balance of everything. It, it is a great way to, and and also just the amenities that are available to you. I mean, I don't, I can't speak for everyone, but at Howard Payne, just the the mentorship available, the um, 
like you said, the internship opportunities, the uh, the ability to be so closely knit with your professors, uh, with uh, with the small class sizes, um, and like my first couple days, I would come back to to Brownwood in the afternoon, and I would just walk into buildings so I could say hello to everybody, and so, and so many of the people that are still working at Howard Painter, people who uh, I I was around my my six years there as a student um both in undergrad and graduate school and so walking into the kinesiology building and seeing all my old professors and uh into the administrative buildings and seeing all the financial aid ladies and registrar hr you know it's it's just you get so much of a family and community aspect at those small schools that you're not going to get necessarily at a big school um, and not, and at least not on the same scale. And so, um, Division Three can be a great proponent uh, for that atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, perfectly said, perfectly said. So, thank you again, Coach. This has been great. I've loved having you on. Um, just very informative as well. Know you're going to do great things at Howard Payne. And for our listeners, again, and maybe you're new, maybe you're just joining us for the first time, maybe you're hearing this on the audio uh, podcast format. Uh, again, you can find us, you can find us on social media, on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, as well as on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast. And then uh, you can also find us both streaming, both on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. And also we're now on Twitch, been on Twitch now for about a month, month and a half, I think. And we're also there at 50 underscore 50 pod. So uh, this has been great, Coach. Thank you again. Wishing you the absolute best on many, many fronts in 2023, and uh, we look forward to keeping up with you. Maybe, maybe we can have you here uh, again in the uh, in the coming future. Maybe at the end of uh, season one with uh, with Howard Payne. So we can revisit that success question. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, for our listeners, for our supporters, thank you. Continue to download. Again, you can find us on all major podcast platforms. Just look up the 50 slash 50 podcast on all major podcast platforms as well. But until the next time, you know what to do. Keep downloading and keep listening. College Promoters USA. You've been listening to the 5050 podcast powered by College Promoters USA. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening.